0: You are listening to The Postcast, presented by the Locked On Senators podcast, a Belleville Senators playoff edition of The Postcast. I'm Brandon Pillar, joined by Brennan or as you may know him on Twitter and Instagram, at EverydaySends. And, Brennan, we would have liked to have a different birthday present for Aaron Dell. He gets a gift he probably wanted with that 4-3 overtime victory win, how did you see this one going for the Belleville Senators, and where did it all go wrong?
1: Well, I saw it, uh, saw it going great. It was uh, probably, whenever they scored that first goal, though, you had a feeling. Because uh, Gustafson was on his game, I think he made 19 or 20 saves before he let one in, and in the third, just shades of Ottawa, you know. like They have the lead, they take their foot off the pedal, uh, Rochester scores one, Score another, and then you're like, yeah, this game's going to overtime. And then it became the Arendelle show, which was just brutal to see and sit through for an extra 17 minutes. But that's how it goes. And two more games.
0: Yeah, and we were discussing before we got on that uh, that's the struggle of a best-of-three series. Is I usually don't think game one in a best-of-seven series has that much weight, but in a best-of-three series, there's just so much value on winning that first game, especially if you're Rochester, because you got to go on the road once, if not twice, after this. So getting that win at home was massive for them, but this was a tough one for Belleville to drop because they were dominating Arundel early on. And there were some nice goals like um, Reinhardt opens the scoring with a great shot, great feed from Igor Sokolov there. And well, actually I guess we should rewind it a little bit because this game started off with a massive physical play and uh, you actually had a great clip on Twitter. And that was the only way you could watch it because they didn't show the replay of Logan Shaw, absolutely destroying that uh, American player. But, We hope he's okay, because that looked rough when he was trying to get off the ice. He looked a little wobbly, so definitely a tough play there.
1: Yeah, no, he. I didn't want to post the full thing, because he he got up, and like he went unconscious, surely, and he couldn't stand on his own. It was pretty scary, actually, but just a fluke play, though. I mean, Shaw hit him hard, but I think the way he went into the boards kind of took him out more than the actual hit itself, so... Uh, They went after Sokolov for that, too, Rochester. They thought he threw it. He's like, what are you talking about? It wasn't me. Like, I didn't do anything. But, um, yeah, hopefully he's okay. I think Linus, uh, I don't even remember his last name, Linus somebody, but hopefully he's all right.
0: Uh, Uh, I think it was Weissbach. Linus Weissbach. Yeah, you're right. And, yeah, the... uh, the Rochester Americans broadcasters just slandering Igor, like saying, "Oh, this Russian kid—he's the guy that uh, laid the hit." The Americans aren't going to like that. Well, they would have probably uh, benefited from seeing a replay because they would have known that it was Logan Shaw. And yeah, I, I didn't think it was a particularly dirty hit, right? Like it was a—it was a hit near the near the puck open ice, and it was just the way he fell, and his full momentum went right into the boards.
1: Yeah, well, it, it was, like, one of those ones where he was two or three feet out from the board, so when he went down, he, he like, kind of caught air and then hit it harder. Yeah. Um, those are always dangerous, but nothing malicious. I mean, it was a clean play. It's, there's no one to really blame for it, so...
0: Exactly. There was no penalty on the play, yeah. so that kind of that goes to show that it was a clean play, and it's not like the Americans, like, right after the, the next faceoff like, sought revenge right and tried to fight anyone so I think at least that was one good thing is it didn't start off with a dirty play like uh, maybe the Toronto Maple Leafs would but (laughs) that's a that's a story for another time that's for sure so Pebble goes up one nothing with uh with that nice play and a great shot by Cole Reinhardt and then it was a guy who you don't really expect to score a lot of goals but when you have that much time and space Brennan even Dylan Hetherington a more defensive defenseman is going to put that one away eh
1: Oh yeah, he had two goals all all season, and uh, that was a snipe though. He, he beat Del clean on that one. That was a good feed by Shaw too, finding him. I don't know what Rochester's doing, gave him a good ten foot radius to walk yeah. in and shoot it. So, yeah, I mean, nice lead early, but didn't last too long.
0: Yeah, and uh, that was to make it 2-0, and uh, we talked about it on the podcast today, actually Ross mentioned it, uh, Rook Chartier getting in the mix here, and he's a guy that brings nice support to some of these younger prospects in Belleville, and he had one hell of a goal in front of the net, and he played it perfectly because he stops it, corrals it, and then stretches right around Aaron Dell to get that goal, what'd you see on that play?
1: Yeah, those shades of Bobby Orr is what I saw, that was a, a super nice play. He was good though. He was good all season. He was out for six weeks with a, I think it was a hand injury or some sort of injury, but uh, he was a big boost to their lineup. Uh, they got a few more guys waiting now too, so it could be a could be a little bit of a different lineup next game that you see. Lodine was severely missed. I think I think this game would have been over in overtime if he was in, but uh, you know, Chartier was good though. He was one of my standouts for sure.
0: Yeah, I, I thought he had a, a great game and it was nice to get him back in uh, in the lineup. And you're getting some love from uh, Shady here, if I'm pronouncing that right. And yes, Everyday Sends does have the clips. And give him a follow right now on Twitter and Instagram if you're not already. Because especially Belleville, not everyone has the AHL playoff package, myself included. I didn't realize mm-hmm. that you had to double up on the subscription there. So he's doing the Lord's work, uh, clipping Belleville Sends games for us here. So thank you very much yeah, for I that. I appreciate running. that. And so we all thought it was looking good here. 3 nothing, Belleville lead. And the Americans, like, they had a really good second period. It, it might not have seemed that way from the the score, but they outshot Belleville 14-8. to And Belleville wasn't getting a lot of options or opportunities. When they did get opportunities, they were able to cash on them early in the game. But... That first goal by uh, Rusek, I kind of forget the play. It was on, like, more of a breakout play, right? The first American goal?
1: Yeah, that was the one where he kind of got in a breakaway, didn't he? Uh, I think Shaw might have been a step behind the play, and JBD kind of went a little aggressive into the corner, so left the slot open. Not much Gustafson could do there. I don't want to blame Gustafson for the game at all. He made so many good saves. Like, you you can't take your foot off the pedals. But, yeah, that wasn't on him.
0: Yeah, I didn't think that first goal was his fault either. And he he had a nice glove save on Paterka. It was a really quick chance for him. And what I thought Gustafson did really well in this game is even when there was a big save to be made and there was a rebound, he didn't put the rebound in juicy areas. Or if he did, the defensemen were right there to clear it out of there. So I thought at least from a rebound control, it wasn't that bad of a game for Gustafson. But the second goal, I think, I mean, it was kind of a bang-bang play, so I, I'm not too upset with Gustafson, but I didn't love his positioning, and he kind of reacts a little early on that one. That's the Jimmy Schultz goal that makes it 3-2, to two, and you might want to get that one back. But, I mean, if you take a look at the assists, Casey Fitzgerald and Peyton mm-hmm. Krebs, like, those are two guys that had a, a cup of coffee in the NHL this year, and they made their impact known in this game.
1: Yeah, the uh, that was the one... Those are the ones that get blamed on the goalie a lot of time in the NHL, too. Ottawa took a lot of flack for that this year, Murray and Forsberg. But it's tough because, like, that's, like, the prime scoring uh, area of the ice, right? Right in the slot there, like, one-timer, that's the best chance you're going to get aside from a breakaway. So it's, like, he probably should have had it, but those do go on more than most opportunities would. So it's it's tough. Again, you can't really give up that shot. That's something Ottawa suffered all season, too, the slot shots. So, yeah. 50-50 50-50 on in there on that one.
0: Yeah, exactly. I would say that's fair. And the, the real problem with that goal is that woke the building up. Like, that was a packed barn. And I think the the Rochester American broadcasters were saying that it was like 6,000 people in there. So, for an AHL barn, that's pretty damn good. And they got rowdy. Although, they did uh, they did boo the refs on <laughs> one of the most obvious offsides I think I've ever seen. And that was kind of funny. Like, eh. Uh, Maybe check the replay on that one, all 6,000 of you. But that's all right. You miss one here or there. You respect the passion and the noise, that's for sure. But it was those momentum goals. And, well, three minutes later, maybe not a classic momentum goal, as we like to say on the Locked On Centers podcast. We usually keep it to two minutes within goals and uh, right off the period. But once they got that third goal, Casey Fitzgerald, that's when the building just absolutely erupted. And Rochester really felt like they had a chance to not only hold this game into a uh, tie for overtime but to take over in this game and that's just another play where it's peyton krebs having really great hockey iq and finding casey fitzgerald there for a good shot eh
1: yeah no that i'll blame gustam some more on that one than i did on the other two just okay. because it was it was kind of like it wasn't a great shooting angle i mean he made a nice move around the defenseman but he wasn't super close probably when he could have had i didn't look at it super closely either so maybe i'm wrong but um I mean, at that point, it just felt like they were going to tie it. They had all the momentum. Yeah. Again, I was saying to you before um, when we were talking that I don't like how Game 1 is in Rochester because yeah. they said it was for travel, but Game one's a, especially in a three-game series, Like you're setting the tone. So that's a tough game to play on the road in a packed building like that, and the crowd definitely influenced it. So not a fan of that for the higher
0: seats having to go on the road, but... Um, I'm just trying to see how, like, how far is Belleville from Rochester? It can't be that far that you're talking about travel is an issue in the playoffs. Like,
1: no, I mean, I think it should be game one and three in Belleville. Hours? Come on! (laughs) Take a bus, come on. Yeah,
0: it's a four-hour bus ride. And, uh, I mean, if they took a boat, it'd be a lot faster. But I don't know if they have boat services (laughs) to go across Lake Ontario. uh, (laughs) Yeah, it's, it's the playoffs. And they got... Home advantage, and now they're on the ropes. And sure, you get two in a row, and that's nice. And you get the eliminating game at home. But like we've talked about a couple times already, losing game one in a best of three is is tough, especially in in overtime. And so now, I guess we can get to the the point of the game where they do get to overtime. And there's only three minutes left here. Or right, let's 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 back it up because I thought Belleville had a flurry. Of incredible chances and there was one even at the start of the OT period where it wasn't Aaron Dell that dove over to make the save but it was his defenseman how great was Belleville's uh, ozone pressure to get this uh, overtime period started
1: Oh, it was ridiculous. I mean, almost the entire overtime period. Like, like they yeah. were all over them. I mean, I couldn't even keep up with posting the clips, because every two minutes, they were getting <laughs> a chance with a wide-open net. Agasino, too, I think he either delegated or he hit the post, but I don't know how he didn't score that one. Reinhardt had another good chance. Sokolov there came, uh, he came barreling in towards the net, and the defenseman just thought he was going to label him, so he just gave up the puck, and Sokolov gives it to Reinhardt, and Reinhardt can't bury it. So, uh, I mean, you get so many chances, and I don't even want to praise Arundel. I don't want to do it. No, I'm just no. gonna say Bellville just screwed up their own chances. It wasn't on Dell, so
0: Yeah, uh, we we won't have any any room for praising Arendell on this show, that's for damn sure. So that that's that's fine. I respect that. And yeah, Bellville outshot them ten to seven in that um in that overtime frame. And not only did, were did did they have possession of the puck in the ozone a lot more, but I thought they had way better chances, like maybe one or two decent chances from Rochester, but nothing crazy that uh, really showed that they were dominating this overtime. And I-, I thought if they could work it down another three minutes to get to the next overtime, that Belleville had the momentum finally. And that building had kind of calmed down. And usually you stop serving beer at a certain point mm-hmm. in the game. So the the sleepier you can get this home crowd, the better that works for Belleville.
1: Oh yeah. But, um, uh, what was I going to say there? There was something else. um, Oh, I was remembering the uh, the game from last night. Did you watch that one, the Pittsburgh New York one?
0: I didn't yeah, stay up the, the whole uh, the whole one. LKs. I'll be honest. I made it to the end of the first overtime, and then uh, it's past my bedtime.
1: Yeah, no. Well, the longer it went on, I just felt like like the chances are gonna start to to become less, and it's just gonna be these perimeter shots, and whoever yep. gets a lucky bounce or a deflection first. I was just thinking that at like the four minute mark in this game, was like, man, whoever gets a tip in front or something, and there there goes Rochester firing one through little tip and and in. It's like, oh my god, so similar to the one last night.
0: Yep, and, and that's how you know it's gonna go in overtime, right? Because you start getting tired, especially like you reference when you get to third overtime. Like it's it's a bunch of like absolutely gassed guys out there that are like pushing their bodies to the limits, and mentally you get fatigued as well. And that's when you make mistakes and stuff. And the the Rochester American defenseman that shot that, I think it was Tevs, yeah, Tevs. He almost made a mental error bringing the puck out of the zone with his own toe drag there. I don't know if you got a chance to take another look at that play, Brennan, but I went back and looked at the live play and tried to pause it. And if they would have looked at it on a replay and zoomed in with a tighter camera angle, I'm sure it would have been centimeters away from being offside. That was so damn close when he pulls it back right before Mm -hmm. he shoots it off the point.
1: Yeah, I don't know what kind of stuff the AHL like cameras the AHL has for for determining that compared to the NHL. But um, I know Logan Shaw stayed out after Belt or after yep. Rochester was celebrating and he was trying to tell the refs like go back and look at that again. But they sent them to the room. They just pointed them off, so nothing they could do. I yeah, I don't know if it was actually out, but yeah, I that was close. <laughs> they should have looked at that again if they didn't for sure.
0: It was damn close. And yeah, I can tell you a little little insider information. When Ross and I worked for the team and Ross was doing camera work, so he would have been right on that. I know that for sure. We would have got a better look at that. And I was on the replay and we were told if there was a call, like let's say Belleville was the team that scored and it might have been offside or something like that. If there was a call that's close, not a chance you show that replay. And I mm. think... The, the game production crew actually started to show the replay on the tight angle. And yeah. I'm sure the producer was like, guys, what are you doing? <laughs> Cut that. Like, don't give no them closures. another. Yeah, <laughs> don't give them a look to see how close it was. And then maybe they're like, oh, wait that actually was really close. Let's take another look at that. So that is something that happens and uh, they're, they were about to show it and then they cut it. So I thought that was funny knowing that uh, that's something we had experienced as well. And I was hoping, I don't know um, if you caught much of the 67's uh, series, Brennan, but we were at game three when it went to overtime and North, or was it, I forget. Yeah. It was a game three or was it game four? I forget which game, but, North Bay had scored in overtime and they thought they win. They're celebrating. They're going off the ice and it turns out it was offside and they had to call that back. So I was hoping that Belva would get a bit of that uh, Ottawa luck and we'd get another offside overtime goal called back. But that was not the case in this one and <sighs> I, I, I kind of I mentioned in today's podcast that I thought Rochester would win this game. I said this would be Belleville's toughest matchup because not only do you not have Lodeen, who's out with a non-COVID illness, but you're on the road in front of a packed barn. And um, Rochester, they know that this is their best chance to get a W. So I kind of expected this would happen. But when it got to overtime, I didn't think it would. Like, I was really feeling good about Belleville. How about you?
1: yeah so was i i mean they didn't have momentum at the end of the third but you get that break to reset
0: exactly and, yep. and
1: even though like i would kind of have been expecting a loss too just because it's a hard situation which it shouldn't be because you were the higher seed but anyways past that yep. <laughs> um um like i don't know as, as much as you were thinking they would lose like not by going up three nothing and then choking that's the tough part It's like you just that's a oh it's a big big thing to happen because now like rochester's confident they're feeling it now going into the next two games they know they can take you like that's a that's a huge lead to choke so uh we're gonna have to see here but
0: yeah and uh looking forward to next game sugar ray Amory, he's always uh, in the postcast we appreciate the engagement that's for sure he asked a great great question what lineup changes would you boys make for game two greg in who's out so uh, I'll turn it over to you, Brennan. What uh, what do you have to say to Sugar Ray Emery's question here?
1: Yeah, it's tough just looking at their lineup tonight. Um, like you, I do want Greg to play. I know there's yeah. some like, oh, maybe Boucher or Latimer shouldn't play. Uh, I do want Greg to play at the very least because he, he was good in Belleville when he played, and he's ready to go. You know that. So who would I take out? That's tough because they do have a lot of regulars in, like, You'd think he'd probably replace one of Wedman, Bishop, or Sabarin. But at the same time, those are the three guys that are like Troy Mann references them as as the identity line. You got the right man there. Yeah, so (laughs) I don't think they would take any of them out because, I mean, like he's talked about that line a lot. Um, After tonight, I'd probably take Wedman out and replace him with Greg just because, uh, if you look at it too, Wedman was a minus three tonight as well he had kind of a tough one and wasn't overly productive so I'd be okay with replacing him I don't know if they will like Troy Mann didn't seem too into the idea from what I've heard so we'll see but that's probably what I would do yeah
0: yeah, that's fair, and I agree with you. Like I, I think Ridley Gregg is a guy that's ready to come in, and uh, you could, and he just came off a uh, playoff series himself, so he's kind of still got the the adrenaline going and the juices flowing. And like you referenced, he has played ba- uh, Belleville hockey before. Troy Man knows him; the guys know him, and. uh I do like Matthew Edmund, but I think in the playoffs in a best of three series, if you have a dash three night in a four, three overtime loss, maybe take a seat and uh, allow someone else to go in. I don't think we're going to see Boucher in. Uh, I think that's kind of unfair to ask him to yeah. go into a AHL playoff series when he's only got half a year of junior under his belt. And then Latimer, same thing. He's still a guy that needs a little more junior experience before hopping in. But it's great to have the guys in and around the team, practicing, black aces, all that kind of stuff I definitely support. I think, yeah, I I would probably take Wedman out as well and and put Greg in there. One uh, interesting note, though, is how about no Zach Sinitian? Just as far as I know, that's just a healthy scratch, right?
1: Yeah. I honestly didn't even notice that the entire night. That's a good note. Uh, nobody mentioned that. Like, yeah. not even on the broadcast or anything. That's crazy.
0: Former uh, first-round pick, not that long ago. He had 19 goals in Providence before he comes over, but only three assists in, I think, 16 games with Belleville.
1: I will say he he did look better than his stats showed. Like, he's okay. quick. He, he is physical. Um I, if he's just a healthy scratch, that's shocking to me. I don't actually. think he
0: has but an injury, unless he got injured in his couple of games up in the NHL. But uh, I mean, he, he only played like six belt. minutes, so I don't yeah, think he, he got injured.
1: In after that, so yeah, he must just be out. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe he's not your ideal playoff performer. I I think
0: Troy Mann is is the kind of guy, and that's why I hesitate to think that Boucher or Latimer would come in, that he recognizes if it's working or not, and he has enough depth. Like, this is a finally available team up front where they've got great depth, especially when you get reinforcements from the NHL, like Casty, Kelly, guys like that, that if it's not clicking, like, he he went cold. Like, only three assists in 16 games when he was Mm -hmm. lighting it up with the Bruins. It just wasn't clicking. So, I think Troy Mann just... uh, had the sense to say, Hey, maybe we'll get you in later, but it's not working for you right now. And, uh, that's, that's tough if you're Zach mission, especially an Ottawa guy, he probably really mm-hmm. wants to show that he can stick around to this franchise and hopefully, uh, scratch and claw his way to a roster spot at, at some point and, uh, get some more playing time with the senators than just the two games he did get.
1: Well, that's, that's, uh, he's one of those weird ones too. That's going to be an unrestricted free agent this year. Eh? So it's yep. not a good look for him earning a new contract, but, uh, I mean, I, I like him. Maybe he's just not your ideal gritty playoff guy in, in game one where you're trying to set the tone or whatever, but I don't know. I, I expect some changes next game, whether it's Greg in, in just cause, uh, Hopefully in. Hopefully Lodin's ready. That's yes, the one so, I'm yeah, really Logan, circling. Yeah, he, he should be good to go, I would think, but... Yeah, they didn't even bring him on the bus or anything here because uh didn't want to risk anybody else getting sick.
0: So. Well, it's just such extensive travel, Brennan. Yeah. You can't you can't bring a guy yeah. 4 <laughs> hours away. It would just no. be crazy. No. Crazy travel yeah, that these players up. can't can't deal <laughs> with apparently. Um well, yeah, that um, I, I would say that pretty much wraps it up. It's a four-three overtime win for the Rochester Americans, Aaron Dell, big booze. Uh, but before we go, I gotta say, Sens fans are absolutely hilarious. Like, imagine being the Rochester American social media guy, like, oh, Aaron Dell's birthday. Happy birthday, Aaron Dell. This will be a fun little tweet. It's just like a million like FUs. Yeah. This guy sucks. It's just like holy.
1: I right. uh, didn't know if there was a line there that we were gonna draw on his birthday to like be hating. No, nobody cared about that. It was. Just... There was no line. Yeah. <laughs> no, turned that right into hate. So he got the last lap. So all power to him. I mean, whatever. We'll see yeah. Friday. Like.
0: <laughs> exactly. That's uh, you know he he can have this one. He 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 might need a, a couple of AHL accolades to get his not next contract. <laughs> speaking of contracts, so we'll let, we'll let him have this one game and. uh, Belleville, if you guys are in the Bay of Quinty area, in the Belleville area, get out there. Don't let Rochester one-up uh, our fans here and say, hey, we got a loud barn. And uh, Belleville, it, I know that city, they love their hockey there. They were sad when the Bulls left. They were stoked when the Senators came back. So, playoff hockey's there. First time in franchise history. Make the most of it. Get out to those games. So, that's definitely something we want to see. So, the Belleville Senators unfortunately drop game one of the play-in series against the Rochester Americans 4-3 in overtime. They were so close, squandering a 3-0 lead. This has been the postcast presented by the Locked On Senators podcast, the Belleville Playoff Edition. I'm Brandon Pillar. Thanks so much to Brennan at Everyday Sends for joining, and we will see you Friday, Rochester. And like I said, Belleville fans, if you're out there, get to the game and be loud. Thanks for joining tonight and enjoy the rest of your night.